Report podcast coming at you. Jesse Holly, Lindsey Draper, Taylor Stern. We are here, ready to go. Get yes. you ready. Get your mind right for the divisional weekend because the Cowboys are headed to LA and Dave is just, you know, lazy. He's not even there yet. He just. <laughs> He's not part of the team, Jess. Dave is in his apartment in downtown Dallas. You know, it's raining. Just He's choosing to just stay cuddled up and not come to the office for some reason. I, I thought there was a game this weekend, but yeah. I don't know. I thought, so you know, wrong. it was like dedication. Jesse's not going to throw his homie under. I the can't bed. throw the, I, I, as the as the only fellow other male of this group. True. I have to make sure I hold Men hold stick him together. up. We True. stick together. The bro code. The bro code. L A L A. Big city of dreams. It is the big city of dreams where we're hoping that the Cowboys get their dreams come true. And Lindsay, you're on Periscope getting our questions. Sure am. And we'll get it started today because I got a game, Jess. Oh. You feel very far. Let's scoot over here All right. for anyone who's watching and on our Periscope. But, okay, we're going to start with this game, and then we're going to get into some more boldies, expand a little about how the Cowboys can get this win and move on to the NFC Championship. All right, I'll start first. Jesse, I'm starting with you first, and Let's then Lindsay, it. and then I'll answer myself. <laughs> the game is called I'll Admit It. I'll Admit It, I'll Admit It. it. Yep, exactly, okay, right cool. there. I'll Admit It. I thought this defense was blank. Mm, I'll admit it doesn't it. have to be a one word, right? Yeah, it can right. explain ourselves. Um, I'll admit it. I thought this defense would fold at some point in time during the season. Um, and I think the reason why I thought that because in the last nine years under the Jason Garrett era, this has been an offensive-led Yes. Football team, being yes. he's an offensive-minded football coach, the defense has always been the liability, and this is the one year that the defense has come out and has really carried carried this team, has put their foot down, has said we are a top ten defense, we're a top five defense, and uh, I thought at some point in time it was fool's gold, and that it would eventually, you know, you know, tank would still be tank, but you know, not having a guy inside and some guy named Antoine Woods, you know, that they found on the, on the scrap heap would, would would turn, you know, the the pumpkin would turn back to the, uh, uh, you know, whatever it was, the cart would turn back into the pumpkin, and guys would kind of just start showing themselves. Leighton Vanderich yep. would struggle. Jalen Smith wouldn't be able to run and all that Sean kind of Lee. stuff. Sean Lee. So I think for me, I thought this defense would crumble at some point in time and good thing I was wrong. I'll admit it. I thought this defense was still the bend, don't break type of defense. I mean, the, I've been here five seasons and every season I've been here, it's been a no-name defense. It's been, well, let's put it together. They're going to make play. They're going to stop you in between the 20s, but they're going to allow huge plays right. at the middle of the field. That's what I thought we had again. Completely wrong. Haven't There haven't been many chunk plays, and when there have been, Seattle week three, things like that, right. it's been like a major breakdown. It's been cleaned up too. I'll admit it. I thought Clean this it up. defense was inconsistent. And that was the big thing for me, kind of along the same lines of both of you guys echoing what you said. But I just thought they were flashy. I thought you'd have, like, one flash. Oh, man, this game, the defense really showed out. You got the Saints game. And then, oh, they disappear again. Or, oh, Antoine Woods, yeah, that's right, why he was on a practice squad last year. Like, I just thought they were flashy and that they weren't going to be able to, like, hold it up and stay a strong unit. But they've done that. And the biggest thing where I've seen that, and it doesn't get as much credit because it doesn't have a name, was the secondary. Right. Like, everyone was like, you need Earl Thomas on this team. Like, you think you can really make a playoff run? You think you can make a Super Bowl run without Earl Thomas or a strong safety or a big corner? 
But Byron Jones was like, nah, fools, not on my watch. Like, I just thought they were going to be inconsistent, and they proved me wrong. And shout out to to Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath, because talk about the pressure of every single day for like, yeah. when we pl- up until we played Seattle, up until the point that Earl Thomas broke his leg, they you were, were hearing every single week, trade for Earl, 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 trade for Earl. And then, you know, they, they just kept their head down, kept going to work saying, you know, whatever, it's not my concern. I got to just go to work. So shout out to those two guys for going out there and just balling and not even worried about what the naysayers are saying from the outside. Exactly. Next one, Jess. I'll admit it. I didn't think Dak blank. This is, oh, man. You could go a million yeah, ways with You could go a million ways. Um, you can focus on one and come back to another. Man. It's I didn't think Dak. I didn't think Dak blank. You know, it could be like, oh, you want me to do mine first? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think Dak could get the ball downfield. And I think that was obviously prior to Amari Cooper. I thought, okay, Dak is a good runner. Yes, he's a mobile quarterback and he has Ezekiel Elliott. But he just can't get the ball downfield to his receivers. You know, you'd seen him have these big passes and then it would just be dropped. You know, or, oh, they'd be like, that was a terrible throw. He underthrew this guy. But you've seen him kind of come around. Really, that Giants game was the biggest one for me. But he has had these, like, big plays that we weren't expecting. So I'll admit it, I didn't think Dak could get it downfield. I didn't think Dak was this clutch. And Ooh, I like that one. The reason I go with being this clutch is because you know well you saw the funniest what? thing about this fan base is that they pick and choose what <laughs> matters week to week i mean is winning all that matters is winning all that matters yes yes okay well when Dak's playing and he has some ugly throws and bad things out there it's not what all that matters to right. fans and how many I, I don't know the stat a few weeks ago it was like 30 wins he was in company with Tom Brady, Ben He's still, still is, yeah. three like seasons, 32 now. Yeah. 32 now. He's pretty clutch. He, he wins. Yeah. I mean, He's a that's gamer. a whole nother chapter to go in with Dak, but I didn't think he would be this clutch, bringing this many wins in three seasons this consistently. True. Yeah, I think I have to stand along those lines as well. And I, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on Cover 4 or, or on the radio, pre and post game show, I haven't always been the biggest Dak supporter. Um, you go in on so Dak. So you'll on admit Twitter. it that Dak blank. Um, I admit it that Dak is starting to impress Jesse. Impress <laughs> me. Okay, that's no, big and, because Jesse is relentless on Dak on Twitter. Yeah, and here's the thing, I've come to the conclusion, I've come to a place in my life where I just have to look at Dak and say, he's not going to be Tom or Aaron or. Mahomes or like right so I, I Mahomes look, already like, there. I, I look for the Drew Brees. I look for that kind of complete game, um, and I just have to realize that's not who he is. Like that's not yeah. who he's going to be, and I have to kind of almost change my my optics on how I look at Dak and just say, you know what? At the end of the day, are we getting the dubs? And for what he's done in his first three seasons, he's produced the dubs. Now, um, and you've heard Dak say it. This is where it matters in the playoffs, being able to get your team to the next level. This is where your legacy is built. This is where your, yeah. uh, your, your stardom, this is where your name gets etched with the greats. So for, if he can come into the playoffs and take this team to a place it hasn't been in 23 years. And, and that's, you know, 
a long time, then you got to respect the man for what he's doing. But he's beginning to uh, impress me a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say. That you makes know, me he, smile, Jesse. I know. You're coming around. <laughs> he's got a soft heart. I, w- I was going to say, you know, you brought up names like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Not Mahomes yet. We Not haven't Mahomes seen yet, it. But. but if Dak Prescott can get this team to an NFC championship, you've completely wiped away any Tony Romo, you know, kind of hangovers that people have simply because there's no knock on his player what he was able to do in the seasons he was here. But he took this team to somewhere that Tony Romo didn't. Somewhere that Jason Witten couldn't. If he gets and to the I, NFC Championship. If he gets it right. when, when he gets okay, to Okay, when he gets to the NFC Championship. Yeah. Game. I okay. hate to even compare, like, different eras, but what's amazing about what you just said is that think about who Dak has as his surrounding cast and then think about who Tony Romo had. That's a hurtful to Jesse over here. No, I'm saying Tony had it better. Oh, yeah. When? I'd say the offensive line was better. Okay. That 2014 year? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what this whole offense was built around. Yeah. Tony being able to do whatever he wanted behind. Right, I'll give you that. That team also had Dak has Ware. been clobbered, nonstop, all year long. <laughs> it's good that he's like, built like a beat linebacker to a pulp. <laughs> okay, I'll admit it. I was worried Zeke blank. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I was worried that Zeke would find himself in some more trouble. Oh, I mean, that's mine too. Is that yours? Yeah, because I was going to just say, I'll admit it, I was worried Zeke wouldn't be as mature. Yeah, I I, I will have to say, um, I thought that Zeke would find himself in in another piece of nonsense, another piece of off-the-field issue that would be magnified, blown up. Now, whatever side of the fence you stand on about what happened with the suspension, there was more than enough stuff that Zeke had done over and over and over that you knew that it was going to kind of build up. And we know how Roger Goodell can be in that kind of situation can be. But I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I thought that Zeke would find himself in some more trouble. But it's good to know and to see that what he went through last year grew him. I mean, yeah. Like you hear it in his tone. You hear it in the way he speaks. You see it in his approach. And I think with what he went through last year, the departure of Dez and the departure of Jason Witten, it lended for him to have to be a leader. Yeah. Like it almost thrusted him in that position. Cause the, now when you look around, right. When you look around the locker room, you say, all right, there's no 88, there's no 82. Well, who do we go to? Well, pr- most of the time you always look to your best players. And so just by position, the quarterback is quote unquote, the leader by position, but then who's the next best player? Tank, Zeke. Tank, Zeke. Those are the guys that you look for because you're, you're listen, we're following you, bro. Like we're following you. We go as you go. As you eat, we eat. You double spoon. You're feeding the fam. You are feeding the fam. Got a family to feed. I got a family to feed. feed. And so it lended for Zeke Elliott to have to kind of, you know, either crap or get off the pot. Like, but he stepped up and you see now the leadership and guys are following him and he's doing it the right way. So that was my admitted. Just echo what you guys say. I, I, I never thought we would see this Zeke, this type of Ezekiel Elliott. Never in a million years would have guessed it. Yeah, and the thing about him, you know, you, I remember seeing it in his rookie year and his, I guess you could call it a sophomore year, I hate second year, whatever. But I felt like when he would have a bad play or he'd, like, get down mentally. Like, you know, he'd be real mental about any mistake he was making. And now you see it, and he's the guy in the sounds from the sideline this week. Shout out Alex Lilly. Shout out all the TV department who made that happen, who's talking about these grown-ass men. Like, well, he became a grown-ass man yep. last year. And big shout-out to the team around Zeke. I don't know them personally. I don't know who's 
cultivating this for him. But I do know there was emphasis on making sure that he had proper development, that he was not getting himself in trouble, that if he was, they were, you know, there were repercussions for this. So we'll see. I'll admit it. This was the biggest turnaround. So this is the blank. Blank was the biggest turnaround. You go first. Hey, I need ideas. Are we talking like, hmm. Biggest turn. I'll admit it. Linebackers were the biggest Ooh. turnaround for this team. Yeah. That's I think a good you one. haven't seen the depth of this linebackers, the consistency, the ability to rotate the way that they're doing. Linebackers, shout out Jalen, shout out Leighton. I mean, wow. Offensive were- line was the biggest turnaround midseason with Xavier. For me. Yeah. Just just with the I mean when when Steven Jones comes out during the bye week and says we fired someone because we wanted to provide a spark. That says a lot. Like, so they I have worried. a feeling that there was some unhappiness in the offensive line group. And they were, I mean, it's hard to think back at the beginning of the season, but we talked about them week to week. Like, this is a problem. This is still a problem. This is really get, getting to be a problem. <laughs> right. And there still are problems, but that was, I think, the biggest whoa, week eight after the one. bye. Whoa. But even if you look at the rushing attempts, like early in the year, Zeke, 15, 15 carries. 14 carries, 15, 17 carries, 16 carries. I mean, early in the season, he wasn't getting the bell cow low that we're seeing him get now. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with how they changed things up and wanted to become more physical, more violent, more, you know, more of that bully mentality uh, uh, to assert themselves against the defensive line. But to your point, Taylor, there were years, three, four, five years, where we – literally thought this defense could not function without 50 on the field. No, we didn't think that. That was, was reality. Right, right, stats, right. Stats Absolutely. Showing reality. Right. It couldn't, like, literally could not function if Sean Lee was not on the field. And it was not even close. I, I mean, 13-point differential yeah. when Sean Lee was playing to when he wasn't playing. Almost like 80 yards in rushing differential when Sean Lee, like, I'm sorry, total offense. I mean, wins uh, and losses hung on this. There wins, was like, right. like one going one in six. And now we're to him. a place where we're like, keep Jalen and keep Lander, Vanderus on the field at all times. I know. And earlier this week, Dez was at that Mavs game that I was at and we were talking and he says he still talks to Sean Lee, even though, you know, everyone thinks about what they see on Twitter and all of that. And of course he did moments, but you know, he was just basically talking about how Sean Lee loves the game of football yeah. so much. And so, if anything, for this team to get to the NFC Championship, when they get to the NFC Championship, I feel like even though it's not probably panned out as Sean Lee thought it would this year, I think that would mean more than anything to him because he really has taken on that, like, teacher and student mentality with these guys. And like, you've really seen has. all the Cody Parkey? His the name? kicker? Yeah, kicker, uh-huh. Cody Parkey. You've seen him being praised for coming out and speaking with the media after missing that kick so much, going on the Today Show, this and that. Sean Lee, like, props to him. I mean, every he week. comes out every week. His locker is right next to Leighton Vanderush. There's a huge crowd at Leighton's locker, and he's, like, stands there, answers every question, and says, I'm just happy to have an opportunity to be a part of this. He could have gone sour. I mean, just yeah. backing up what you're saying. He's a okay. goat. I'll admit it. Coach Garrett surprised me with blank. I'll admit it, Coach Garrett. Nothing. 
Mm, I'll admit it. Coach Garrett surprised me with keeping these guys motivated. But he's always done that. He's always done that. But I will tell you, I mean, I think this team believed in themselves since training camp. They knew what they had. I wouldn't know that. I wasn't in the meetings. But three and five and the embarrassing loss that they had against the Titans – like some of those guys, they're young enough where they can be like, "Dude, you're not my dad. You're, you're, I get your message. You say the same thing every week." Not seeing the results, and I think that bye week was such a change for this entire team. Even though the loss came after the bye week, but they just needed to see the results pay off. I think it started with the offensive line. I think it started when they said, "Hey, we realize we need a number one receiver in here." Uh, so I think I'll admit it. Coach Garrett surprised me with always keeping these guys motivated. You know that as a player differently than I do. Yeah, for me, like I played under Coach Garrett and I've watched him over the last, you know, five six years. And if there is one thing I give him a tremendous amount of credit for is his ability to motivate. Like that's that's his. If if if, if there's anything, when Coach Garrett came into this league, he was the Sean McVay, he was the Cliff Kingsbury it guy. He was supposed to be the young, innovative offensive guy back in 2009. That's why That's why Jerry paid so much to keep him here so he didn't go anywhere else. And through time, I don't. he hasn't evolved. He hasn't evolved with how the game has changed, players have changed, um, schemes have changed, and the way the NFL is playing football. But he's always been able to motivate. He's always been able to motivate when I played under him and when I've covered him and watched him. He's always, always, always been able to motivate. Guys always come ready to play. Guys always are, are, are it seems that they're into the game and want to win. Um, but I, I think that's the one thing that's kind of been just stagnant is that there hasn't been a change in, in, in Jason Garrett. Yeah. Jason Garrett has surprised me, and this one's not on the field. It's- the dedication to having split pea soup every Friday at the training table. That's that's some inside You know, knowledge. you walk up to the training table where the <laughs> soup is. There's players, employees. We're all excited. It's raining outside. What's the soup today? Split pea. <laughs> A huge pot of bright green. Everybody walks away. Nobody in line. Was it there yesterday? But Jason Garrett likes the split pea on Fridays dedication sticks to a routine that is him I'm, I'm blown away that you would keep split pee in there every friday even though everyone hates it but you but claps for that when you're, the, it up. When you're the man you can you can he you can, is the man you can you can but you, can you know what, you what now side note now they have two soups on friday wow <laughs> it's really nice because they're like we're wasting a lot of soup because you're like, not eating yeah. a whole pot of split pee by yourself on a real note and it sucks because we only have like six more minutes on this show but at 10 30 our hype video for this week will be coming out so get pumped up that will be shortly followed by our great show but on a real note, and I think I feel more comfortable because it's us three and not Dave the Downer here. <laughs> but thinking about last night, I don't know when I remembered it. And I texted Lindsay immediately, and I was like, Coach Garrett lost his father, like, right before training camp. Mm-hmm. And, like, his dad was, like, the only reason he got into coaching. He's talked about that a million times. He works with his brother Judd here. Like, I don't, I don't want to even think about losing a parent. But if I did – 
it would be very hard for me that first year, I'm sure. It's very hard already as a football player in a football season because you're sacrificing so much time with your family. You're sacrificing all the holidays. You're, you know, dedicating yourself to all of this. And he, you know, I don't know this for sure. I've never had a conversation with him. But the grieving process is probably longer than the time he was allowed before the season got rolling. And just to think, like, how neat it would be for this to happen for this team you know, on a year where he's coming off that loss. I was just thinking about that, you know, and he put the respect on the sweatshirts this year. That was their word. And that was because when he was standing in line at his dad's, you know, kind of like the night before the funeral, everyone kept coming up to him and saying, give my respects, give my respects, give my respects. And he thought, you know, that meant so much. Of course, he's also a big Yankees fan, but like, just to think how cool that would be for him. There's so many little stories on this team, and that's why we do the Finish This Fight series. But, I mean, that was just one that I was like, wow, you never think about that because it's a personal thing. But Yeah, that's, I mean, Jesse, you know, as a player, sometimes you just look at these guys as robots that yeah. are supposed to go out there and hit people and win and then go back and watch film. And as soon as you go into the locker room and start talking to people, you're like, oh my gosh, that happened to you? Oh my gosh, you're, you're a real baby too? Right, what? You right. didn't sleep last night? Like, <laughs> these are real people. Right, and I mean, you can add you can add to to that list with, with Coach Garrett, you could add Michael Gallup and oh, his yeah. tragedy that he had to face. Um, I mean, there's storylines still, Jalen Smith being able to come from where he came from and is doing what he's doing. You know, now they lost another brother in Alan Hearns with his horrific, I mean, so there's, storyline after storyline and we don't even and that's one of the things that fans don't know like these people are human like they go yeah. through the same stuff that you go to like like go through and people think oh well you make a ton of money that makes it all right it doesn't haven't yeah. you heard like haven't we all heard money isn't you know the answer to everything it, but people it, it on helps the outside, a lot people on the outside <laughs> they see your face and they think like oh well I can say this to you because you make a lot of money. No, like we imagine if someone did that to you, like we, you'd be like, what? Like we hurt, like we hurt, like real people. We, we have real people emotion just because we play football or I should say we, they play, play football. And they're supposed to be these big, strong mammoth dudes. No man, they're emotional. They're, they have feelings. They go through the same exact issues that you go to. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Five minutes left. Cowboys Rams. I'm picking a dub. I say that because Sean McVay, Jared Goff, they haven't proved it yet. This team, you know, it has the shaky run defense that it does. If they can commit to running Zeke and just basically saying, like, you cannot stop me even when you try to stop me. Because if you try to stop me, we got Amari Cooper over here. Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters, you guys know him well. Introduce yourselves again because he's coming down. So I'm picking it up. I also wanted to see today... I sent a text to Darwin Vanderesh to see if they're bringing the bus down. I just thought maybe they would. He said, no, we're flying to this one. And he said, I have a good feeling about this game because a wolf likes to hunt sheep. Get it? Oh, the Rams. Ooh, the Rams. The Rams. He said the wolf hunter. He is on that wolf. He, he loves that wolf. There's- what I think is crazy is that, and, and the Rams are kind of downplaying it, but we go to training camp every year, and that thing is packed. I remember the preseason game. But the Rams, I mean, it is a Cowboys game. It is a home game for no one. And I saw on Twitter this morning, Charles Haley standing in the DFW terminal in a jersey, handing out towels. Todd Archer then tweeted that Rowdy 
went into the cockpit of his airplane. I mean, Cowboys, I turn on the news at 6 a.m. There is a live shot standing at Love Field <laughs> with people going up and down in Cowboys jerseys. I mean, LA is going to be packed. It is going to be, I don't think we're ready for what but Cowboys the star fans settings. are going to be. Be here at do. the Star in Frisco. I guess we're, we're competing for DFW fandom, right? Because you guys are here doing your pregame show. Let's just give the them the options. Yeah, give, yeah, you got two options. You got two options. All right, go ahead, Jess. Tomorrow? So I'm going to be at the owner's box at the Omni Hotel Good in place. downtown Dallas. And we're doing our pre- and post-game show down yep. there. So if you're in that part of town. If you're down there. Come on, right? Come stop by, see Jesse. If you're in Frisco, the first ever watch party, though. Like, people don't realize how huge that is for the Cowboys in general. Like, there it has, hasn't been, I don't think it's been legally, like, allowed, no, right? No. Like, now we are actually broadcasting the game out here. We're doing our, our pregame show outside on the plaza. Yep. Watch party. Bring your coolers, chairs, get a drink. There's food across the street. Rain or shine, we will be out there. Nice. All right. Something I was thinking about, like, my best ideas come in the shower. Something I was thinking about, like, two days ago in the shower. Um, if the Cowboys... Win. Win. Can you the, change that to win? When the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Yo! Will the parade route be in Dallas? It's got to be. Or Arlington? Got Oh. Do you do a parade route? I remember the route? Mavs was in Dallas, obviously. But they're the Dallas Mavericks, exactly. right? Exactly. And their stadium is there, is in Dallas. Do you do a parade route? I bet Jerry awards it to You're Arlington. scaring me. Don't you? I'm, I'm just saying because I, I, my thought process was, man, I know that Dallas, downtown Dallas might make a better scene for, for a parade route. Right. Frisco, right? But then I'm like, nah, Jerry wants to showcase his We stadium. all get the press release and it's like a three-part parade. Right. Morning is Frisco. <laughs> Afternoon I could is totally Dallas. Evening is We're Arlington. Right. I could totally see that. Dallas would be set on fire. Oh. If the Cowboys won the Super when the Bowl, Cowboys this the city Bowl. would burn down. So I'm like... What's, what's you, with the route be? You guys said it last week. I know we're getting cart before the horse a little bit. I love it. Taylor is so superstitious. When the Cowboys get the Super Bowl, you said it last week, it has to be their chance one year, right? You're right. talking about 23 years. Has to. Has to. Lindsay, At some point in time, right? Mm-hmm. Calling that dub? Tomorrow? Dub. Oh, yeah. The only thing that worries me. I hold my prediction me, to do The only thing that yeah. worries me yeah. is how healthy they are. Other than that, I love that the Cowboys have been playing and have the momentum. I love that. Jesse's Jesse's about the rest, which I totally get, but I love it. They haven't missed a beat. They have not been lulled to sleep at all. And for a young team, just keep them moving. Keep the blinders on. <laughs> oh, we're, there's a video for that. Focus. Focus on the task at hand. This was a good show. Great show. It's always better when Dave's gone. I like the I like Whoa. The, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I'll admit it, I'll admit it. Okay. All right, homies, listen. Come out to the star tomorrow if you're up here. And then when you leave, you can go down and stop by and see Jesse for the postgame show. He rages all night long. All night. I know. Like all all night. night. Like we're here four hours after the game. (laughs) I get in my car and head home. I hear Jesse (laughs) on the radio. He's he's dedicated. He's a dedicated guy. All right. Hopefully we're back. We will be back next Friday talking about the NFC Championship. We've got cover four for sure this next week. Stay tuned. Another podcast coming up at 11, by the way. Yes. If you want to come back. <laughs> it's all on and popping over here. Let go.